San Francisco Experience podcast. Brought to you by Jim Herlihy. Independent commentary from a Silicon Valley, California perspective for a global audience. Featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 20, Episode 11. The Pawn. Superheroes and Popular Culture. Looking for Diversity. Talking with author Mark Sneed. Our guest today is popular author Mark Sneed, and he joins us from his home in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, Mark, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jim. Mark, please take a moment to share your journey as a writer with our listeners. Well, Jim, I I, I don't want to wax on too much. I have been writing all my life, and I've always enjoyed the written word, so I... I want to say in 20, 2010, I guess, that's when, when I wrote my first book, mm-hmm. and I've been writing ever since, and I just will continue writing until I get all the stories out of my head. <laughs> now, tell us about the Cygnus Award, because when you were last on the show, we reviewed one of your science fiction works. Tell us about the Cygnus Award, which is something that you won since you've last been on the show. Thank you. Well, the Cygnus Award it, is a an award that was given to me by the Chanticleer Reviews. And, you know, it's a lo- I don't know how, how big it is, but it's it was my, my first award for my book called Bully Nation. And it was it was a treat. 2020, that's when I received that. And it was really helpful for me because I always wanted to be an award-winning writer. And I got the opportunity to do that. I have, you know, it's on my book now. It's, it's really kind of cool to have that little badge and I got a, a ribbon and all that kind of stuff. And it gives you an opportunity to be seen by others, you know. And I think it also gives you credibility or gravitas more than anything else to say that, yeah, I'm writing, but I also won an award. And that means people who don't even know me read it and liked it so much that they said, yeah, this is really a good book. And as you pointed out, it's science fiction. So I was really surprised that. I, because I write uh, multi genres, uh-huh. and I got an opportunity to write this not this fiction, and uh, science fiction specifically. And when I did, I was starting to realize that I'd never been to a science fiction convention, writers uh-huh. convention. And so um, this this summer, I'm going to go to a a writers science fiction writers convention in Canada. So that'll be pretty fun. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. And the book that we're going to discuss today, The Pawn, would you say it is science fiction? Yeah. And, it, you know, the, the, one of the things that's really, again, I've been getting more and more uh, accolades and kudos for uh, my writing of science fiction. And The Pawn actually received the number one new release on Amazon in science fiction. And it was really surprising. I didn't, I, I don't even know how they make, made those selections, but you know, Amazon made that selection and said that it was the number one new release. And I was really happy. It, you know, it's a big, it's a big deal. Amazon, you know, releases who knows how many books per day or per week. And mine was on that list. And that was pretty impressive for me. So, and I understand cause that, you know, that's a commercial kind of, kind of move. Right. Mm-hmm. But the pawn is, I'm sorry, I didn't want to jump ahead, but did you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Absolutely. Tell us about the pawn. What's the what's the premise of the book? How did you come up with the idea? And let's launch right into it. 
<laughs> okay, I apologize. For, I don't want to jump ahead. Not at all. So, not at all. I, that's what we're here for. Okay. Well, The Pawn is the second book of the No Credit series. The first book was called X8, and it was a little bit about well, and let me back up the whole thing. No credit. The no credit series was created because I I used to I still read comics. When I was reading comics in college, I got into a conversation with a, a bunch of guys, and they we were talking, and it wasn't just guys, but mostly guys, and we were talking about comics. And for me, I'm a black guy, as and, and you know this, I'm a black guy. So as I, I was like, well, we're all the black heroes, right? Uh-huh. Now, I know that people will say there's there's black comic heroes, but they they really aren't. I mean, comparatively, right? So there is so it's kind of funny because the black heroes are a minority in the black, I mean, in the hero universe. Uh-huh. And you don't find very many of them and many of them really stereotypes, right? And cause they were created in the 1970s. They were created in, in the um, early sixties. And so they were very stereotypical. They're not very interesting and they don't have a lot of dimension. I know people love to point out like, for example, black Panther, but black Panther is not a, an original character. It's an uh, amalgamation of a couple of characters. And that's why um, when I say an original character, I was looking at things that were, or looking at, at characters that were going to be, have a little bit more depth to them and they were different. And so I did, that's where no credit came from. It, it actually came from this idea that where are the real black superheroes? And so each book is really kind of an origin story that kind of talks about how these characters come about. So, for example, in The Pawn, the, the title, I love chess. And so The Pawn, though people think a pawn is someone who's used, right. the pawn is like, he's just a soldier. And he can, if he can march across the whole field, he, he can be anyone. And that's the greatest thing about it. But so in the story, the, the boy, his name is Ren or Darren, and he... He's trying to be something, uh-huh. and he doesn't know what that is because he's still young. And, of course, the problem is that when you're trying to be something, you can be influenced by people who don't have your best interests at heart. And so he finds that he has talents and skills that are going to be used by people, but he thinks that they're being used it for good. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not always that way. And that's that's kind of like the premise of the story. I, I got there because when I was a kid, I, I felt the same way. You know, if you are and I, I've had this conversation, we had this talk off microphone and I said that, you know, I'm black and I'm male. Right. And the, the, the problem with being black and male is that you are a threat. To many people, mm-hmm. just by your very nature, you don't have to do anything, and so that's what the pawn is, right? So I'm not right, but that's what the pawn is to, in my head, where he's a threat, though he's done nothing mm-hmm. other than just be a kid, mm-hmm. and he he, he he throughout the story, he, the people want to put him in a box mm-hmm. and try to figure out what he is and what what are his talents or skills, and he can't really explain it because. He doesn't see them as talents or skills. It's just him. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I really enjoy about the story in and of itself is that it continuously pushes the boundaries of what 
a hero is because I think I, I wanted to I should have explained that in my mind in the superhero the superheroes really aren't superheroes they're just these archetypes right there's these these greater beings of of the humans that are around and so they have like you know you if you have like strength it's the strength it might be a, an ability to stand up to someone who's who's bullying others mm-hmm. and if you have invisibility that means you just you're able to move and get out of the way and but in this case the idea is that being a hero comes with some consequences and i think that's what's really to me that will keep the reader reading because one of the things that in in many of the reviews that i've had is that they like it because it it's always there's always twists in the story it's not just a straight ahead story where you just go oh he's gonna just punch and fight because i don't really like stories that are just Uh that so one of the like all the the superhero tropes aren't there. Now there's a little bit so there's a little bit of autobiographical detail here in mm-hmm. with the protagonist. His name is Ren Darren Armitage, mm-hmm. and so a mm-hmm. little bit of autobiographical thing going on there. Number one, number two, he's what 14, 15 years old, yeah, fifteen. Uh, 15 and uh, but very strong, and he's got uh, you know what he sees as he doesn't see them as superpowers, but they seem to be superpowers. He then gets he then gets picked to go to this academy, and tell us about what happens when he gets to the academy, who he has to deal with, who he has to confront, because that's really that's uh, that's an important part of the book and his definition of these superpowers that he suddenly discovers that he has and other people see in him and that's why he gets chosen to go to the special academy tell us about it i don't want to give too much away but i will say (laughs) say it simply as this when i wrote it i always uh, i I read a lot and i i I love bible stories Mm -hmm. and i read this i read this bible story and i know most anybody who's listening probably knows the story of samson and delilah sure and in I, but for me, the thing that fascinated me most was that Samson in in the Bible never is is never is described as really muscular. He he just when he goes into a rage, he becomes this really powerful guy, and he's imbued with a lot of power. But when he isn't, he's just a normal looking guy supposedly because it, it, it never really gives a, any detail. So when I saw the first Samson and Delilah as a, a movie, there was this big old swole up guy. And I was like, that doesn't make sense because in the Bible, it doesn't say that. Uh-huh. So anyway, so Ren is my black Samson. And so he, like you said, he's a skinny, normal looking kid. And, but when he goes into a fight, things happen and everything changes. And so, like you said, he has these talents and people don't un- seem to understand it. And nor does he. He doesn't know where it comes, where it came from or how he got it or what happened. It just happens. And so when he goes to this academy and this is he goes back to what I was saying about the tropes. Right. In most of these stories, you go into a school. Right. And there's the good kids and the bad kids, the rich kids and, the, you know, the not rich kids or, you know, the, the mean kids and the not mean kids, the nerds and what have you. Sure. Well, none of that's in that story. And everyone expects it because, you know, you you see it all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, again. I like to flip the idea on its head. It doesn't mean there's no tension there. It just means that it's a different kind of tension. And so 
they're all trying to be, all the students there are trying to be uh, recognized. Now, there is no kind of, there's no elimination of anybody. It's not like a competition like that. And that's what I, I believe makes the story more interesting in and of itself, because the Ren finds himself battling with himself, trying to be better. And was really funny. Uh, one, one of the things I can imagine, you know, imagine if you if you were in in a school with some somebody your same age, and he's starting to excel. The first question is, how come? Mm-hmm. And so he finds himself like um, popular. Everyone becomes he becomes very popular because whatever he's doing, everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just eating my food. I'm just, go, you know, going to classes. And so uh, when he sits down for lunch, there's a group of people who just want to sit down and eat the same food he eats. And which is kind of funny to me because you know, I, I just think it's it, it's very universal, that part, part and idea. And But then there's this, you know, unique part. I had a friend who once told me that the greatest these the greatest stories are told where it's a normal guy put in an abnormal or unusual situation. Uh-huh. And I, I've always believed that's to be the truth. That's a really good story, right? So here he is, this boy is uh, trying to figure out things and he's just going to school, but he, he's in, he's put in a really unusual situation, as you said, this academy. And the academy is wild, you know, and they, it's, they want the best of the best quality and all that. So they push really hard, but it's not like any of the, again, the most simple tropes that people want where, oh, you can wash out of the school if you're not the strongest or the fastest or things like that. That's not what this is about. And they're just trying to find the best candidates. And so if you aren't able, aren't that one, you you get the chance to just leave and go on to a different school. So, which is kind of cool to me, at least. So, this is a superhero academy. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I no, I don't. No, not at all. It's more. It, it, the The twist of it is, is that they're trying to. It's it. It's kind of like a a covert academy it, because it never tells. They never are told exactly what the what the academy is. Right. They just keep telling them that they want the best candidates, and so in that sense. It feels like it's got some kind of government kind of overtones to it, but they will they never admit it. So one of the things one of the, the biggest challenges are for him, for Ren, is that he he's asked he almost immediately dis- distances himself from the other students because of his physical strength. And they they have to teach him uh, elements that he doesn't know, like he doesn't know any long range offense. So he doesn't know how to use archery. He doesn't use guns. He doesn't do any of that kind of stuff, but they, they teach him how to use, use weapons and he doesn't know how to swim. So he learns how to swim and all these things are being done because they want him to be a candidate and he believes to be a soldier, but he's the only one who believes it because he hasn't, everyone believes that they're there for a, a particular reason, but he doesn't, no one really is being told overtly what they're there for that makes sense when will we find out what they are there for because this is the the book that we're discussing the pawn Mm -hmm. this is one of three is that right it's a a trilogy if you will it's actually going to be it's it's one of five actually but um, this is happening to be the second the third book will be coming out 
April 22nd of this year. And that will be called The Blur. And I guess the answer to the question is read. You know, pick it up and read it. Because I don't really want to give away. You know, it's hard. As, as, as a writer, I don't want to tell how it ends because that's horrible, right? <laughs> right. I, I want the reader to enjoy it. I want them to find be surprised or shocked or unhappy because I want them to get the experience with what Ren goes through. And Ren, you know, it's really a fascinating story because there's this parallel because he faces some young superheroes and because he's he's sent on a mission in the story to, to prove himself. And he goes and in the adventure, he finds that things aren't all that he believed them to be. And I, I like that. And I don't but I don't want readers to believe Oh, just listening to the podcast, you can get the whole story. I think that what you, what you should should do is read it, and if you like it, review it. If you don't like it, st- still read it and tell other people to read it. Maybe read it again. I'm kidding, but I think that it, <laughs> it the whole idea of the story is to enjoy it. I, if I tell you the whole story, then I think you, I'm I'm, st- I'm stealing it. I'm stealing the end from you, you know, the enjoyment of it all. Well, put, put it this way. You've accomplished in this book, The Pawn, what every writer tries to accomplish, which is when you get to that last page, you feel like you want more. Yeah. And that's yeah. and you've accomplished that with this book. And I think that's something that listeners, that I, that I really want to emphasize to listeners, that while this is a book and in, in part of a series, you read each one is standalone and this particular yes. one it's standalone but when you get to that last page you just say i've got to read the next one because i want more you keep us kind of on edge and you get us to a point where we say i'm engaged enough with ren that i want to know what happens to him in the next yeah installment. And I, I, thank you jim and one of the things i want to point out to you is that i i broke them up I initially wrote them, wrote the stories, and I was like, "Well, I know where." I, I, I think I've explained this. My writing process is that I usually write from the end. I write the the, the end of the book first mm-hmm. because I, I like to know where I'm going, and I because I already have like the characters in mind, and I I have I kind of know their arc of where they where they should be going. But the twist of it as a writer is that when I'm writing, my characters start to take on lives and they they start to talk as i'm writing and i'm like oh crap because it's it's good but then it's bad at the same time because for example ren is very headstrong in the story and he but he's also kind of a quiet kind of headstrong kid because he knows what he can and cannot do but simultaneously as i was writing about him I knew that he he's not very he doesn't talk very much. And so he he's more action than words. And so when because that's what he has strength in, right, is is his action. And so when he does talk, it's really those are really important moments. But his actions are really fascinating. But when he talks, you start to realize how young he is, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And I I like that. But again, that's how, like I said, this is a five parter. So like when, so in my mind, 
I want it to end with the fifth one because it's going to be the whole, I guess, character where they all, all come together. You know what you've done here, Mark? It's it's like, for instance, I'm I'm a big fan of some of those series on Netflix and HBO, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and of course, it's uh, each week there's a different episode. So mm-hmm. when when I get to the end of, for instance, Succession is is one of mm-hmm. the ones that I've been watching, and I got to the end of the uh, the third episode. I've been hanging on for that fourth episode now. So you yeah. you you created a you're you're creating that sa- that similar kind of commitment and investment on the part of the writer with the the approach that you've taken here. But but Mark in the in the closing minutes of the podcast here, give us your thoughts about what's to come and what we might expect from Ren without giving away the story. <laughs> well, all I can say is that, again, thank you for the opportunity to, to express this, that pawn, the pawn is, to me, the opportunity to understand what blind obedience can be mm-hmm. in a detrimental way as well as a beneficial way. And it, it calls into question many things. So it is a, for me at least, it is a opportunity for the reader to question things. I know that in this racially charged time in our nation, people want things to be one way or another. I, I don't I, I, I get that, but at the same time, I think that you, if you read a book, you should find you should be able to walk away from it with some information or some thought that makes you think in think of something in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted Quan to be about. And I mean, most of my books are like that, I think, is even though it's, they're all by, in different genres, I think that when I write science fiction, the, the greatest thing about science fiction is that science fiction can be about anything. And though it's, it's, a, it's got superheroes in it, it's still just people. And if you strip away all that as, you know, they're flying or doing cartwheels or, I don't know, using magic, they're still people. Mm-hmm. And if the story isn't grounded in people, the people and the people's problems in my mind, then it's not a good story. And I hope that it, anybody who reads the pawn will find that there's something to take away from it. And again, this idea of blind obedience is really, it seems to be for me, it's, that's the touchstone of the story, is that what blind obedience can lead to if you're not careful and not questioning. Because that's what I think that people get comfortable with. They, they just, you know, you hear in these little sound chambers or echo chambers, you just believe what everyone's saying, and it may not be true. Well, Mark, where can our listeners buy a copy of The Pawn, number one? And number two, how can they follow you? <laughs> well, I'm scared uh, about this, <laughs> the, second, the latter part. But in, in terms of The Pawn, you can get it at, through Amazon. And again, it, it's easy. Just It's called Pawn, The Pawn, T-H-E, Pawn, P-A-W-N, not The Prawn. I, I, I know people think it might be The Prawn, <laughs> but I, my name is Mark T. Sneed, and so you can find it under my name. I have, I have about 12 books right now. You can, if you want, you can find me on Facebook as well as on Twitter. And I, I'm, I guess I'm uh, on Instagram as well, but... 
again, under I'm just under Mark T. Sneed. I, I'm not that hard to find. I'm just and I, I'm more than comfortable answering questions. I love answering questions. If you if you go to Goodreads, you can ask me a question because, you know, that's the, the one thing I do like about Goodreads. I have an open forum where you can just ask uh-huh. questions about the books, any books I've written. Uh, uh, again, we were talking offline. And one of the things I enjoyed is that I wrote a romance book and it, a young romance book uh-huh. set in Chicago. Oh, my God. I loved it. And people <laughs> asked questions about that. And I was like, oh, well, really? I was really surprised. And so I've written cowboy books and I've written urban books because, you know, I grew up in Chicago. And but I, all that you can find, you can ask me questions all day long on Goodreads because Goodreads offer. I don't know if everyone knows, but Goodreads is a really good place to go and, and meet authors, any author, really, and just get an opportunity to ask them questions. I hope that helps. Absolutely. And Mark, when is the sequel to The Pawn coming out and what's the title? The the sequel to this, or the not the sequel, the following book to that is called The Blur, and it comes out on April 22nd. So in this recording, it would be three days from now. And then I will release the fourth book, I believe, two months from that. So what's that? April, May, June. So in June, there will be the fourth book. And hopefully two week, two months from that, you'll get the fifth and last book, which is the team up. So that'll be enjoyable. Mark, I'd like to thank you very much for having come on the show. And listeners, I thoroughly recommend that you start, if you haven't already read some of Mark's work, certainly go to Goodreads, as he suggests, but make a point of getting the pawn because by the time you finish the pawn, you will be left wanting more and that more is and he's the, the more is coming on April 22nd in the form of the third book, The Blur. So once again, Mark, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the San Francisco experience. Thank you, Mark. And for our listeners, today's episode is number 396 as we continue celebrating our third anniversary. The San Francisco Experience comes to you on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, 19 podcast platforms in total, with listeners in 65 countries. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, coming to you from San Francisco. 